Sunshine booming through our window here and uh, making it a little bit difficult to see, actually. But it's welcome, and it's warming things up a bit. We have been down to 32 degrees overnight. That's right at freezing. We're showing 37 at the moment. But the good news is we're headed to 66. It's a free-for-all, folks. Scott's here. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, October 21st it is. Yes, it is. Today is um, Back to the Future Day. Now, are they referring to a movie? Cool. Yeah, man. Those are three of my favorite movies. Name them. Part one, two, and three. (laughs) Oh, they're all called Part uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and who is that? Like space stuff? It's science fiction. It's like time travel. Michael J. Fox was in it. Christopher Lloyd. They played great characters. Christopher Lloyd played uh, Doctor Emmett Brown in the movie, and uh, Michael Fox portrayed many of the characters in those movies hmm. as he was as a kid and then later on as a parent and uh marty mcfly was his name in the movie his dad's name in the movie is george mcfly if i saw you know if it, if we were able to bring it up on the screen and start to show it i'd probably say oh yes i remember yeah you remember the the delorean time travel machine they, Dr. Brown in the movie invented a, a time travel machine out of a DeLorean okay. car. Remember the DeLorean cars? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, they had the, the doors that raised up yeah. to open up to get in them. They pivoted, yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. The infamous DeLorean. So, uh, yeah. Jennifer was uh, Michael J. Fox's girlfriend in the movie. That's Elizabeth Shue. She had a brother named Andrew Shue, who starred in uh, a soap opera, nighttime soap opera from years ago. Melrose Place was well, the name you, of that. You know these pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm a, I love those movies. When they come on, uh, they usually show them back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, the TNT channel or TBS or one of those. Sure. Discovery, but I, I've seen them many times and I still watch them. <laughs> Today's also National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. Hey. That's not too bad. National Reptile Awareness Day. Uh, National Witch Hazel Day. Now, that's that's like a... Antiseptic. A clear fluid that you... What do you use it for? Well, it heals little cuts, wounds, okay. scrapes. Lesions, things like I think, that. I think as a kid we had it around, but um, my parents would have it. 
but I I don't think I have any. Yeah, it's like uh, I guess like an astringent, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and finally, National Mammography Day. Folks, as uh, someone who whose wife went through breast cancer and all of that sort of thing, um, golly, uh, don't put this off. This is important stuff. National Mammography Day. And, of course, as we mentioned previously, the month of October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we've had a few references to that on our national days. Let's look at uh, historical events, right? And um, let's see here. On this date in 1805, the battle, the battle, the battle, the battle of Trafalgar. British Admiral Horatio Nelson defeats combined French and Spanish fleet. However, he, he was shot and killed during the battle. 1805. 1854 on this date, Florence Nightingale with a staff of 38 nurses is sent to the Crimean War. It's just, um, let's do a little more on her. Florence Nightingale. Grab grab some stuff. I'll, in the meantime, I'll move on. Um, 1944, on this date, World War II, U.S. troops capture, um, I think it's pronounced Aiken, isn't it? A-A-C-H-E-N, which was the first large German city to fall. 1948 on this date, the UN rejects Russian proposal to, to, to destroy atomic weapons. 1950, Chinese forces occupy Tibet. Uh, let's see, 1993 on this date, failed military coup in Burundi led by ex-president Jean-Baptiste Bagaza, includes assassination of President, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Nadaye? Nadaye, I think it is. They go on to say 525,000 Hutus. Um... Papers get out of order? No, I guess that's all right. Okay, so Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale. She was an English social reformer statistician and the founder of modern nursing. Nightingale came to prominence while serving as a manager and trainer of nurses during the Crimean War in which she organized care for wounded soldiers at Constantinople. Modern nursing. All right, uh, famous birthdays we have next. Alfred Nobel, as in the Nobel Peace, uh, Nobel Prizes, right? Yes, Alfred Bernhard Nobel, a Swedish chemist, engineer, inventor, businessman, and philanthropist. He is best known for having bequeathed his fortune to establish the Nobel Prize though he also made several important contributions 
to science, and he held 355 patents in his lifetime. Well, he was born on this date in 1833. He died in 1896. Um, Let's another see. another birthday here. Oh, you were going to. I just want to want to add another thing here. His most famous invention mm-hmm. is uh, was dynamite, harnessing the explosive power of nitroglycerin. It was patented in 1867. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, C O L E R I D G E. Samuel Taylor Coleridge was born on this date in 1772. He died in 1834. Now, what was his thing? He was an English poet, literary critic, philosopher, and theologian who, with his friend William Wordsworth, was a founder of the Romantic Movement of England and a member of the Lake Poets. He also shared volumes and collaborated with Charles Lamb, Robert Southey, and Charles Lloyd. Whitey Ford was born on this date in 1928. He died in 2020. He was a great baseball pitcher for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Edward Charles Whitey Ford became uh, nicknamed the chairman of the board. He was an American professional baseball pitcher. He played his entire 16-year Major League Baseball career with the New York Yankees was a 10-time All-Star and six-time World Series champion. Whitey Ford, he was a good one. The last birthday we have to mention is still alive. It's that of Kim Kardashian. And Kim is celebrating her 42nd birthday today. Kim Kardashian. She is an American media personality, socialite, and businesswoman. She first gained media attention as a friend and stylist of Paris Hilton, but received wider notice after the sex tape Kim Kardashian superstar shot in 2003 with her then-boyfriend Ray J was released in 2007. She became known better after the release of pornography. Was it porn? Yes. Oh, okay. Mercy. Um, two famous deaths to share with you. Horatio Nelson. Um, Horatio Nelson was born in 1758. He died in 1805. Um, his picture here, he's all dressed up as a, like a big-time general. Yes, Vice Admiral. Horatio Nelson, also known simply as Admiral Nelson, was a British flag officer in the Royal Navy. Now, let's see. What is he famous for? He is generally regarded as the greatest officer in the history of the Royal Navy. His reputation is based on a series of remarkable victories culminating in the Battle of Trafalgar, where he was killed in his moment of triumph. The poet Byron referred to him as Britannia's god of war. How would you like that uh, reputation? I can think of a better one I would prefer. Yeah, 
God of War. That <clears throat> sounds really dark. Okay, uh, the other famous death we have to mention is that of John T. Scopes, S-C-O-P-E-S. He was born in 1900 on this date. No, no, no. He was born in 1900, but died on this date in 1970. John Thomas Scopes was a teacher in Dayton, Tennessee, who was charged on May 5, 1925, with violating Tennessee's Butler Act, which prohibited the teaching of human evolution in Tennessee schools. He was tried in a case known as the Scopes Monkey Trial, in which he was found guilty and fined $100. Um, there's one more story here that pops out. The tragedy of Aberfan, A-B-E-R-F-A-N. Uh, it says 116 young children died on this day when an avalanche of coal tip waste and debris thundered down a hillside and engulfed their school. Um, what year was that? Aberfan. Aberfan. A-B-E-R-F-A-N. Aberfan. Aberfan disaster. What year was it? It happened on October 21st, this date in 1966. 66. Yes. Well, very unfortunate. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm going to look here. Did any child survive that? Two hours after the school was struck, there was one surviving child to be rescued. And I think that was it. Imagine that. Wow. How many kids? 115. Yep, 115. And one survived. One survived. Wow. There, there is sort of a photograph here of sorts. Um, it, it's, it's a little hard to imagine that this pile of coal debris and, and other trash would be mounted up high enough in such a place that it could jeopardize that school. Yeah. But um, obviously, there are far more rules and regulations today. Oh, my. Yes. I'm reading on here, and it says some children survived. Uh, Seven-year-old Karen Thomas and four other children in the school hall were saved by their brave dinner lady who sacrificed her life by diving on top of them to shield them. Huh. What's a dinner lady? Probably would, a dining hall. Would that be a cook, or, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> Liz Truss. United Kingdom Prime Minister Liz Truss resigned yesterday after just 45 days in office. 
saying she no longer had the support of of her conservative party and could not deliver on campaign promises. The resignation, one day after vowing to remain in office, makes her the shortest-serving prime minister in the country's history. Forty-five days. Well, the news follows weeks of turbulent back-and-forth on economic policies, triggering a collapse in financial markets and a decline in the value of the British pound. Truss and former finance minister, uh, this quasi-horting, I hope I said that well enough, had promised large tax cuts, including for the wealthy, to boost economic growth. Policies reversed only weeks later by new finance minister Jeremy Hunt after Quartang's dismissal. Truss had been under pressure to step down following the resignation of Home Secretary Suella Braverman earlier this week. So, an election within the Conservative Party is expected to be completed within the next week. Um, do you, can you just look up a couple names? Like, sure. <clears throat> those that might be candidates those that might be considered for the post next week and see if their names we're familiar with at all. One one of them uh, is being led to believe that it could be the return of Boris Johnson, who was the premi- uh, previous... Had, had previously held the post. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So... Um, Did you have an impression of him? Of him? Mm-hmm. Not, I, you know, I don't think I did because I didn't really follow U.K. politics that much okay. until they affected worldwide activities or any activities that may have affected the United States, something like that. So um, uh, let's see. I don't know. There was something about his mannerisms that – but, I mean, so what? But for me, it bothered me. So, um, but he may be absolutely the best choice. I just don't know. Let me uh, cancel my phone here. Um, I'm looking down the list here, and I I don't recognize any of them except for uh, Boris Johnson. Do they have any hunch? Who might be um, most likely? Do, uh, are they do, are they leaning in his direction? In uh, Johnson's direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I from the sounds of it, from news reports that I've seen and heard, yes. Okay, I think so. So, mm. I just wish he'd have a better haircut. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, judgmental on the haircut. I know. You I know, just, I'm mostly teasing. If. Mostly, but not Mostly. all of them. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. The only name I recognize here is 
former Prime Minister Theresa May has mm-hmm. also been floated as a possible candidate. I mean, I and, can... And do you... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed in Liz Truss. I thought she could have hung in there a little bit longer and tried to um, get things settled down. Yeah. But um, obviously she just wasn't happy at all. Okay. But in that kind of work, do you have to always be happy? If if you think you are going to be always happy there, you're probably in the wrong arena. This Turk, this Turk, let's talk about Ebola a little bit. Uh, the next article says Ebola worries in Uganda. Global health officials warned yesterday that a strain of the Ebola virus currently spreading in Uganda poses a significant risk to both the general population as well as the health workers in that country. At least 64 cases and 24 deaths have been confirmed since an outbreak was formally declared a month ago. It marks one of Africa's most significant bouts with the virus since 2018. Um, That outbreak left almost 2,300 people dead in Uganda and the Democratic Republic of Congo. A vaccine protecting against the Z-A-I-R-E, Ebola virus, the strain behind the 2013-14 outbreak that killed more than 11,300 people, has been deployed. However, the formulation is ineffective against the current strain. And the current strain is known as the Sudan Ebola virus. The story goes on, at least eight infections have been identified that cannot be linked to the previous infected patients, suggesting the virus is spreading through communities undetected. Taylor Swift, I've I've heard this name many times. Can I picture her in my mind? No, but she's an entertainer, right? Yes, singer, songwriter. Um, And I guess she's won a lot of awards, too. Yes. Well, she has just released her highly anticipated 10th studio album. I think it's called Midnight's. It features uh, 13 tracks that capture what she describes are sleepless nights in her life. The 32-year-old, who had been teasing her new album for weeks, also unveiled an additional seven songs that did not make the album and will release a video of her new song, Anti-Hero, at 8 o'clock, Eastern Time today, I guess. They don't say, oh, 8 a.m. 
So it's it was released recently, like an hour and a half ago. Anyway, Swift is one of the best-selling musicians of all time, having sold more than 200 million records globally. She has won more than 400 awards, including 11 Grammys, of which three are for Album of the Year. She also won 34 American Music Awards, the most for any act, and 29 Billboard Music Awards, the most for a woman. They go on to say she is known for signaling hidden messages to her fans ahead of album drops, spurring intricate theories about her projects from Swifties fan, which is her fan base, I guess, the name of her fan base. Well, that's real important. I mean, I, I, I'm all, you know, I came from the in- entertainment industry. Of course. So I don't mean to. <clears throat> but compared to what's happening, yeah, worldwide. you know, in, worldwide and in our country with, you know, high gas prices, food prices, inflation, and borders, security stuff. All sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Politics, midterm elections coming up. Let's see here. Let's uh, talk a little bit about sports. Oh, okay. We have an exciting weekend coming up. Tomorrow at, uh, what is it, 2? Yeah. 2 o'clock, Ohio plays. Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. The Huskies of Northern Illinois from DeKalb, Illinois, which is about an hour west of Chicago. That is a home game here in Athens at the Peden Stadium. Yes, Senior Day. Uh, celebrating the senior uh, players on our team. Yeah, one of them being a former Athens High School player, uh, Brody Rogers, is completing his career as a Bobcat. How about that? Yes. He was on that uh, great Athens High School team that featured Joe Burrow as a quarterback that finished runner-up in the state championship. Uh, I will be there. Um, It'll be a nice day. It appears that uh, it's going to be, let's see, they're now saying 73 will be the high tomorrow. Yesterday they were saying 77. But anyway, the mid-70s, anything in that zone is very comfortable. You know, take a jacket along just in case the sun disappears briefly, but um, it's supposed to be sunny all day. 39 in the morning, so it's going to warm up. Um, let's see here. Today is, the what, the 21st? 21st. Okay, yes. so we got a whole week to go before we have to talk about Halloween. Yes. And Halloween in Athens, as you heard perhaps yesterday when the mayor was on in his monthly visit. Um, they're expecting it to be 
a nice event, fun, under control, um, but still, Halloween in Athens, always a big deal. Okay, now, Ohio's, pre- um, the, the, you sports guys who love to predict, uh, how do you feel about tomorrow? I've got a good feeling about senior day at Ohio, and I think the senior is going to shine uh, as well as the underclassmen. I think the Bobcats will win by three touchdowns. I'm going to say three. Okay. 21 points. Well, let's try to remember this on Monday and see how well you did. Yeah, I was a touchdown off uh, the game last week at Western. They ended up winning uh, 33-14. to 14. Which is uh, so there's, uh, 19 points. Before going into this game, their record is what? Uh, the Bobcats sit right at 3-3, three and three, okay. I do believe. Yeah. All right. And uh, Northern, uh, they've had a little bit of a tough year. They played a couple tough teams. They won last weekend. Uh, but uh, I think they were picked as one of the front runners in the Western Division at the beginning of the season. Uh, but it hasn't panned out that way so far so i think the bobcats they play well at home at uh peden stadium and uh you know any team that comes in here i think they know that too that the bobcats will they will come out gunning so bobcat defense needs to stiffen up again like they did at western michigan had 10 uh, turnovers last saturday the bobcats forced 10 turnovers five interceptions and five fumble recoveries now, with that, you would think they would score more than 33 points, but, you know, obviously it didn't happen. But still, I mean, if you keep you keep the ball out of the other team's hands, you give yourself a pretty good chance to win. Ohio State plays tomorrow at noon. They will host the Iowa Hawkeyes. Ohio State currently ranked number two in the country behind the Georgia Bulldogs. and uh, Iowa much of a team? Well, they, it's, I mean, it's Big Ten. Of course, yeah, they're a good team. But I mean, when you have Kirk uh, Ferentz as a coach for Iowa, he's been there for for so long. He's always got a good team there. They are tough at home. Uh, you know, it's they're surprising on the road sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, too. So I think the Buckeyes are favored by 20, 21 points, something like that. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it, you never know in the Big Ten. It's going to be a nice day, so – uh, the Buckeyes should be able to pass the ball pretty well. They've got some of the most explosive wide receivers in the country and one of the Heisman Trophy favorites in quarterback C.J. Stroud. So uh, they are geared up for a high-powered offense. And if they can get back one of their top wide receivers uh, who has been out most of the year with an injury, uh, they're going to be tough to beat. My, my buddy Suzanne is coming up to attend the game with me, along with uh, Mindy and uh, uh, Mark Heflin. And um, it was so funny at the last game because she gets excited and then she starts squealing. <laughs> and I, I'm, I, it's really fun to to hear her um, her excitement over what's happening on the field. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good for her. Yeah. I mean, that's that's cool to get excited at ball games. I know some other people too that when they go to Bobcat games like that, they they just 
get rowdy, you know, and they're into it. So, but anyway, the wide receiver I was talking about for the Buckeyes is uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba, and uh, he is quite a talented wide receiver. But they've got five or six very talented wide receivers that they can shuffle in and out. And uh, high school football tonight, we have the uh, Athens Bulldogs traveling to Bucktool to Dave Boston Field to take on the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. The Buckeyes can clinch an outright title with a victory over the Bulldogs tonight, if I'm not mistaken, uh, along with the Vinton County Vikings. Um, the Vikings need to win, though, too. Um, let's see. The county game of the week, the Athens County game of the week, will feature the Alexander Spartans hosting the Megs Marauders uh, in Albany. Both games kick off at 7. You can catch that action on our sister station, Power 105, which incidentally, is the flagship station of the Ohio Bobcats football and basketball teams. Joe Burrow and the Bengals will host the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday at 1 o'clock, and you can hear all of that action right here at 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. And there, my friend, you have the sports as far as football goes. Yesterday I received my tickets for the basketball season. Did you? And um, parking and all of that. So, um, OU, well done. OU ticket office, that is. Um, I now have the New York Times in front of me. The morning report. And as you might expect, just as the other report had, the lead article is about Liz Truss who was the um, prime minister in England for, what, 45 days or something like that? Six weeks, yeah, something like that. And they are <coughs> saying that inflation is what has caused her to back out. Um, her political collapse is proof of that. Just six weeks in office. Her tenure, as we've already pointed out, the shortest in the history of the job. A quote from her remarks as she uh, resigned was, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected. Um, she had a tax cut plan which sent the country's financial markets spiraling because investors feared it would drastically worsen inflation. She tried to abandon the, the plan and fired the finance minister who spearheaded it, but she could not undo the political damage. And so the government's problems grew from there. Anyway, we've covered this previously today. Um, that's done. Well, what about inflation? This week, Britain reported its fastest pace of inflation since 1982. Forty years. Prices increased by 10.1% in September 
compared with the year before. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is largely to blame, prompting rising food and energy costs across Europe. Though the war and its economic fallout preceded Trust's time in office, her agenda threatened to worsen inflation. The tax cuts were meant to grow the economy and offer relief to Britons to help deal with rising prices, but in doing so, the cuts would lead to more demand by giving people more money to spend at a time when supplies simply couldn't keep up. So, that increase in demand could have been offset, at least partly, if the government reduced spending or increased other taxes to make up for the cuts. When the government pares down spending, it effectively lessens demand for the goods and services that is no longer that it is no longer paying for whether it's food military equipment or health care similarly when the government raises taxes it pulls money out of people's pockets also reducing spending and demand it's a difficult There is no perfect way. So you try a little bit here. This is me talking now. You try a little bit there. And that's what they did. And neither was working. All right. Well, the bottom line Excuse me, the bottom line is uniquely difficult to deal with because it flips the traditional political playbook on the economy from fueling growth to slowing it. Rising prices are also causing political turmoil, not just in Britain, but around the world. In the U.S., Republicans are focusing on high inflation as a major campaign issue in their efforts to take back control of the House and Senate in next month's elections. And in France, tons of, uh, rather tens of thousands of people marched this week to, uh, in protest over rising costs of living. So... Tress's undoing then could just be the beginning. Wonderful. Well, in politics, President Biden had suggested student debt forgiveness plan, a plan. But as I understand it, the courts rejected um, some of those plans yesterday. The president made a rare midterm campaign appearance yesterday at an event for John Fetterman, the Democrat in Pennsylvania's close Senate race. Let's go down to Texas. They're sending inspectors. 
to monitor ballot counting in Harris County, where Houston is. Some county officials accused the state of meddling and requested federal election monitoring. Democrats are struggling to fend off election-denying Republicans in races for secretaries of state who often oversee elections. And the rise of new, smaller social platforms catering to right-wing users has made disinformation even more intractable. Well, I guess we'll know here pretty soon. Yes. Tuesday? No, a week from Tuesday? When uh, is it? November, what's the date? Is it the 8th, I want to say? I'm ashamed we don't know. We'll find out. Yes, Tuesday, November 8th. Okay. There are options for those who will be out of town on that date to go and vote early um, or, or for whatever reason you need. And those are available even as we speak. But uh, there's something about going on Election Day and voting that I like to do. And we all should. We are nearly out of time. We have the story more on um, the Ukraine. And uh, really, we just don't have enough time to get into it. But um, we've had, uh, in my home, two Ukrainian people over the years. I've known some others socially. I just have a, a high opinion of Ukrainian people. Oh, there's some romantic show on last night. What What is it on that TLC channel? And it was all Ukrainian women. <laughs> it, kind of funny. Anyway, folks, we um, we try to do our best here to keep you informed. Uh, both locally as well as um, nationally. And we hope you appreciate our efforts. And we'll try to keep it up for many years to come. And uh, so with that, I'll just wish you a great day out there. And Yaba. Daba. Your turn. Daba. Do. <laughs> okay? Yaba Daba Do. It's Friday. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. Former Trump aide Steve Bannon is learning his fate right now. He's being sentenced where for snubbing a subpoena from the committee investigating the attack on the Capitol. Our Scott McFarlane with details. He was convicted at trial this summer for two counts of contempt of Congress by a jury that deliberated for roughly three hours. The prosecutors argue that Bannon disparaged the January 6th committee, personally attacked its members, and ridiculed the criminal justice system. 
Just over two weeks until Election Day, there's a shortage of people to work the polls. Correspondent Ed O'Keefe is in Philadelphia, where he says one reason is they just don't feel safe. And they had to take a dramatic step here in the city of Brotherly Love by installing bulletproof glass at the place where they actually count the ballots on election night. Another example of the kinds of threats